I get the lovely subject of pain and suffering. So that's got nothing to do with 32 years together. Um, pain, suffering, illness, sickness, all those sort of things is what I'm talking about tonight. And so I'm more practice with these. <laughs> um, I think we go along in life until the wheels fall off. And we have a really limited theology on this. And we might see people that have had to explore what it means and how it looks as far as theology goes. Um, I've spent my life anyway just skating across the surface and, and um, repeating lines that people have spoken to me. I've seen incredible healings and I've seen people not healed. And it, there comes a time you have to dig a bit deeper so this week, uh, in the last two weeks, we had a friend that we led to faith fall downstairs and die. Um, well, he was on life support for a few days and then turned off. Another one that we came to faith with in Tasmania is in palliative care. So all around us, things are going on. Your stuff again, you know, like my chronic illness, all this stuff that makes you look a little bit deeper at how we, how, how we see God in this. And I find it really interesting. So the questions that come up for me, and, and here is my picture of questions here, is things like, if God cared about me, why, why do these things happen? Oh, that's even better. Thank you. If God cares about me, why are we left with this? And um, things like, does God have favourites? Some people seem to skim through life, you know, with, without anything much ever going wrong. So does God have favourites? And my biggest one, I think, is how, <clears throat> where does trust fit into to our life? You know, like, where, where does that fit in? So can I trust God? Is he trustworthy? Um, and, uh, well, I, I guess it's a question, not, not is he trustworthy, but how do I trust God and for what can he be trusted? Um, and, and so my demands of God and my demands that God will come through like I expected, um, that they have to be theologically answered at some point. So we can skim through without doing that. But um, our response to that will be different. And I, I feel like um, it has to be answered in honesty or else I will ignore God or I'll live um, above the line, superficially, never going any deeper. Um, I think social media makes <laughs> really great theological statements. It, um, look, at, there's some really good things we could find on there and really wacky theological stuff. Um, and it 
can feed into our lack of understanding or it can feed into building understanding, I guess. Um, so in the journey of looking at this again, I, I, I must say I have seen incredible healings and I talked about one here the other night with miracles um, in that I saw my son's arm straightened. He, it was, he broke his arm, it got infected. When they took the pins out, there was infection oozing from there. He was put into hospital with a, um, a drip, a, an antibiotic drip, really, really full on. And his arm was fused like that. And he was having physio, but told he would never straighten it. And we went to church and there was a, a travelling evangelistic person came asking for anyone want healing. Our six-year-old boy at that stage got up and was disappeared. He'd run out the front to get prayer. So we, like good parents, walked down um, to pray with him and it went... <coughs> And it straightened in front of our eyes, like the like absolutely miraculous healing. So I know God can heal, do miraculous healings. I know He can, but I've had, like I said, friends have died this week. I'm struggling uh, with an illness. Um, there's pain, suffering, sadness all around me, so how do I reconcile that? And so that raises these questions like, does God care? Can he be trusted? All these questions. And I am sure I'm not the only one that's had to grapple with these. I'm, I'm sure that um, we throw out really quick lines like, um, these, here's the one about the sparrows and the, you know, like, God knows the hairs on your head, num he's numbered them. And all things like that. So I put the... <laughs> Thank you. There it is. So, um, but that leads to... Like, that leads to um, me thinking about God's... God knows me. He intimately knows me, but he's not at my genie list of files, you know, like, here, God, do this, heal me, heal me now. So when I get into a bad situation, will God remove me from it? If I get into, to, um, well, if you get into a bad marriage, will God fix it? Well, you know, like, <laughs> notice I didn't say me. Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's true. Um, so, making dumb decisions, does God fix it up? <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> I don't know how to get back from that. <laughs> stuff we're faced with having to look where we stand with theology so where do I stand 
being able to, on one hand, see a miracle in my own personal life, and I've had others myself, um, to, to then being surrounded by pain, suffering, sickness, all this stuff. So it, it causes us to look a bit deeper. And so this is my journey through looking a bit deeper. So it's a lot of thoughts and some resolve, some unresolved stuff. Um, the psalmists talk about things in a funny way. So do you want to read those for me? So can you imagine to that point, why have you forsaken me? Like it's, um, yeah, it's pretty searching questions, these. So they're, they're not having a happy time, certainly in this part of their life. Like It seems like difficulty, pain, um, confusion, uh, not being able to see clearly is part of, of life. We read about Ahab and Jezebel after his wonderful um, triumph with Jezebel. Ahab... Um, and I have um, Elijah goes out and asks to die. He lies down wanting to die, you know. So, so suffering, depression, things like this is part of life. And I think we as Christians are often the best ones at throwing out lines like, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And it feels like a bomb being just thrown you feel bad enough and now you feel um, probably worse because or weak or unspiritual or there's all these things that begin to to um, get piled up upon you and then I looked at Jesus and oh I'm not quite there yes I am I'm out of I'm out of line, but but this part here where he says my soul is overwhelmed to the point of death, <coughs> like there is great pain, and if Jesus Himself is suffering great pain, like um, who are we to think that we should live totally? I know He came to set us free from so many things, but pain and suffering is part of. All our heroes of the Bible have gone through great tragedy and great pain. Um, all, all the heroes of the faith that we know outside of biblical times, if we follow their stories, it's filled with a lot of um, things like that too. Um, we see, see uh, I think it was Paul that wrote, can you read that one again? That's heroes of the faith. That's Paul talking, or actually, it's the writer of Corinthians. 
So, um, so what, what's Paul in in his letter getting to this point of despair? Like despair is um, his experience, and I guess when we experience things like that we want to run from it or get out of it and that's a natural um, response but when we think that we're the ones that are not, not coping because we're weak or we haven't got things together or we should do this or try harder or we should um, just name it, claim it, and move on with things like that. I, I think we end up feeling guilt and shame and a whole heap of things that we are not living as good Christians. And so when your world falls apart, you have to um, see what you're building your theology on and, and, and where it stands where you stand with that because we can live like that but it's I find it so unmerciful and incompassionate to those that are suffering you know we just throw out a quick thing so people are suffering on one hand and we go and um, put some more weights on them it, it just doesn't seem right so our lives are filled with people who are suffering and there's dissonance between what we've been told how to live and then how it turns out. And it's, it just doesn't add up. So we need at some point to reconcile to those, to what we believe and what's actually going on. So if we're not theologically resolved, it can point us inward to our suffering rather than Godward to that's a new word, God would. <laughs> um, but, but we start looking inward and going down within our suffering rather than um, going God would invites God into our suffering. And so it, it's a shift that, that we need to make. Um, suffering pain can creep up on you or sometimes it can slam into you with vengeance like um, I remember Yana who had a car accident a friend had a car accident um, she was in pain and the pain just wouldn't stop um, so things like that can change change in an instant for us or we can slowly move into a place of suffering but it does not discriminate like everybody at some point or other will be faced with difficulty. Some people seem to live a fairly smooth road but um, most people at some point will face tragedy, trauma, pain, suffering, sickness, whatever. It, it will come. And I think it's so important for us to have looked at what we believe in at that point. There's a scripture in John, and it's quite long, Mark, and I, and I want you to read it for me again. It's got two slides, so if you could read this. There were some Greeks in town who had 
You can see that's the message version. Um, I quite like that version though. So this is leading up to the point that Jesus is about to be crucified. So he knows what's coming. He knows that the pain and suffering is awaiting him. And he's talking about unless the seed falls to the ground and dies. Um, I find that quite helpful unless you are able to let go of the things that you that you um, want to hold on to and it seems that the more you go the more you want to um, there well, there comes points that you just want to hold on and make it right like I remember in the early days going I just want life to be normal I just I just want things to be normal um, and, and he's saying clearly here about the grain of, of wheat having to fall to the ground and, and die. Gosh, this is an uplifting message, isn't it? <laughs> but um, it's being able to let go, just let go in the middle of trying to make it right, trying to get things back on even ground. Sometimes you can, but sometimes you just can't. And so it's embracing the new by, by letting it just fall to the ground and die. And I found this quite good. So if you look at Jesus, he had to die. He couldn't, that was the only way forward for him. If you look at things like people in things, people like Abraham having to leave his home and Joseph being betrayed and Mary watching her son die, like it is, it's filled with um, people having to face difficulty in their life. And sometimes when we're lost on that road or just don't know the journey, where, where it's going, we look at every markers to, we look for markers to make it straight through, you know, like get me out of here, get me through this. And, and we grab hold of things. Um, 
I remember when we were in, um, where was it, some New York, no, where were we recently? Overseas somewhere, we went down um, to that Chinese massage place, where was that? Can you remember? We're somewhere in America, went down to, downstairs into this Chinese massage place and the Chinese lady said, oh, you've got a balance problem. Give me $80 or something and I will take you to this Chinese doctor who will fix your problem. And you start to look at all these things and everything seems like, I'll try this, I'll try this, I'll try this. And it's pointless. You could waste so much money or you could... Um, I think we grasp at straws and some, there comes a point that you have to go, I, I need to do what I can. I need to do what I, what, like for you, for example, you need to do what you're told to do, but you can't grab every straw that pops its head up because you, you just have to find some peace in the suffering, it's not beyond the suffering sometimes. It's not, you can't always say, get rid of this, or I'm ignoring this, or this won't happen. Sometimes you, you just have to sit in the midst of it and allow um, the thing, you know, like the wheat to fall to the ground. Gosh, this is a struggle. That was it? <laughs> <laughs> was too, was too, was in London. Thank you. Um, sometimes when, we, when we're in the midst of the situation, we want to go back, well often we want to go back to what we know, or we romanticise things and places and we try and live in this magical thinking where um, you know, like it's it, it's it's not really real. Or you, like I need to try this and get out of this now. One thing I I really believe is that we need some hope. Like for me, I need to have hope that things get better. But living a, a life where the the only thing I can see is I'm going to get better at some point and so I'm not going to, to make the most of how my situation is now is just not a helpful thing. Um, Jesus had some funny things to say. Things like, blessed are those, I've, I've got a slide, blessed are those that mourn for they shall be comforted. And I find that a really funny thing. He's not saying blessed are those that mourn um, because he's going to make them upbeat and happy and get rid of everything. But he's, he, like, what does that mean? What's he saying blessed are those that mourn? Because um, there's certainly not a promise that life's going to, to just come right or is going to intervene and get you out of your situation, whatever it is. Um, he's, it, it's not about 
fixing circumstances. So to me, that's the funny thing to say. Why doesn't he say, blessed are those who are happy? That seems like a blessing to me. Like, blessed are those that are happy. Blessed are those who have a good life, whose, you know, things are working out well for them. But he's not saying that. He's saying, blessed are those that mourn. They will be comforted. And so somewhere amongst all this, he, there is a, a, a promise that he provides comfort. And so it's not about getting your circumstances all moved to a, um, a positive playing field. It's finding comfort and um, finding peace somehow in the midst of suffering and pain that um, that that the promise is is more like that um, so um, I think what we do is we try and um, use a lucky charm we try and make things like a lucky charm like we'll throw out words um, this worked for me so this will work for you or I've tried this and this is how it happens. I think it's such an individual thing like um, the grieving thing, like I've heard people say grieving lasts for two years. Well, it might for two for someone but it might be six months for someone else, it might be five years for someone else. It's a really individual journey and I think we work out what worked for us or what we saw work on our neighbour or our kid or our friend and then we use that as the measuring gauge. And it, it's just not like that. Like what works, works for you will not necessarily work for me. It's helpful to hear your story but when we start um, having the prescribed three points and you're healed sort of thing, you know, like um, it doesn't help. It doesn't help at all. So when we follow this sort of theology, the lucky charm theology, um, I think the temptation is to um, cut ourselves off and isolate ourselves because we feel defective, we feel that we're not measuring up or we're not getting through the way other people have. And so um, we're not as spiritual, we're not as whatever, we're just not as good in some ways. And so um, we get tempted to walk away and find something easier and looking for a new thing. Um, I think God is bigger than our religious construct. We like to make it fit, but he's bigger than that. And once you let go, like the, the wheat falling to the ground, once you let go, I think then he's able to catch you. And that's what he's waiting to do all the time. Right, right at the start is he's waiting to, to catch us in the middle there. So I've got a quote from Richard Rohr. I'm nearly done. Can you read this? Yeah, no, he can't say no to me. If you 
cannot transform your pain, you will always transmit it. Always, always someone else has to suffer because I don't know how to suffer. That, that, is, that is what it comes down to. Jesus, you could say, came to show us how to suffer, how to carry the legitimate pain of human beings. As C.G. John called it, beware of running from yourself and your own legitimate suffering, which is the price of being human. Sorry, the price of being a human being in a limited world. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I feel that this is a really um, depressing, heavy topic that, that I got um, stuck with somehow. But um, <laughs> I think that this is a really good quote and it's somehow finding peace with yourself and your circumstance rather than um, trying just to ignore your circumstance. It's finding peace in there, and it's it's coming to terms with um, the the fact that we all suffer, we all will experience trauma, tragedy somewhere in our life, and I think that it is um, yeah, like like Richard Ross says, learning how to suffer is a really big part of it, and it's it's. Um, resisting and fighting it and it just doesn't help. It just doesn't help. One of the um, best verses I found on this topic is the one I'm going to finish with and put up now. Um, I think the Bible points us Godward, like I've talked about the Godward and the Inward journey. The Bible points us Godward. Um, the Psalms say, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Mm -hmm. But this is the, quite, the last scripture, and I'll get you to read this one too. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our afflictions, so that we may be able to comfort those who are He does, doesn't he? <laughs> but I, I like this one, and we'll finish off now. But I like this one because um, we are meant to be comforting others through the comfort we've learned. And what I have learned is that the way you need comfort and the way you do and the way you do is different than the way I do. And I think what I've learned in this is to ask what you need, what what sort of comfort, um, what's a comfort to you rather than impose our shallow, <laughs> and they're not always shallow, but our ways of what we think is the best. You know, um, like, uh, Oh, we, we've got a girl at in my one of my classes who is um, disabled. Uh, she's in a wheelchair. She, oh, a few of you met her the other night, and she um, had someone go up to her 
recently and said, oh, great, can I pray for you to be healed um, and get out of your wheelchair? And she said, no, I like who I am, thank you. <laughs> so, like, what we think, this is after years of having people want to pray for her. Um, and I think what we, what we think might be a really good answer for us might not be the answer someone else's need, needs. And I think if we can help people find God in their suffering, um, I think that's, that's a really good thing.